does God want us to enjoy life or to live a life of abstinence and simplicity? Welcome to the Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 10 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn the importance of using all of God's creations to serve Him. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with the story. For 12 years, Rabbi Shimba Yochai and his son, Rabbi Elazar, hid from the Romans in a cave. All day long they learned Torah, their every need was taken care of by heaven. Most of the time they covered themselves in the sand so that their clothes would not deteriorate. They lived off the fruit of a carob tree and a spring of fresh water that miraculously appeared just outside the cave. Finally, after twelve years, Eliyahu Hanavi appeared and informed them that it was time to leave. They exited the cave, but the sight of normal everyday people engaged in earthly activity was just too much to bear. Upon seeing a farmer plowing his field, they said, Imagine people giving up the sacred study of the Torah for worldly matters. Rabbi Elazar's eyes shot forth fiery energy, and the field went up in smoke. Suddenly they heard a heavenly voice saying, Have you come out to destroy my world? Go back to your cave. They returned to the cave for another twelve months and left it again only after they heard the same heavenly voice calling them to leave. This time they came out with a different outlook on life. Seeing a Jew carrying two bunches of myrtles rushing home on Friday afternoon, they asked him what he was going to do with the myrtles. It's to adorn my house in honor of Shabbos, the man replied. Would not one bunch of myrtles be sufficient to fill your house with fragrance, they asked. I'm taking two bunches, replied the man, one for remember the Shabbos day and the other for keep the Shabbos day holy. Hashem turned to Rabbi Elazar and exclaimed, See how precious the mitzvahs are to our brethren. Let's look at today's Gemara. Rabbi Elazar Kapar says, And he shall make a terminal for him, for he sinned against the soul. Against which soul did the Nazir sin? Rather, his sin is that he caused himself suffering by refraining from wine. Are these matters not inferred? A fortiori, just as this Nazir, who causes himself suffering only by refraining from wine, is called a sinner. One who causes himself suffering by refraining from otherworldly desires, how much more so? From here it can be derived that whoever fasts unnecessarily is called a sinner. Let's analyze the Gemara. Judaism doesn't believe in living a life of abstinence and asceticism. Rather, Hashem wants us to enjoy the pleasures of this world. The key is everything in moderation. As the Rambam writes, a person might say, Since envy, desire, honor, and the like are a wrong path and drive a person out of the world, I shall separate from them to a very great degree and move away from them to the opposite extreme. For example, should he decide not to eat meat, nor drink wine, nor live in a pleasant home, nor wear fine clothing, but wear sackcloth and coarse wool and the like, this too is a bad path, and it is forbidden to tread it. Whoever follows this path is called a sinner. The golden path in life, declares the Rambam, is the middle path. Sometimes an individual has wandered down the wrong path in life. When that happens, the Torah offers a process of rectification called Nazarism. But it's not for most folks. It's like someone whose doctor tells him that he's suffering from obesity and needs to engage in a serious weight loss plan, or else he risks heart failure and diabetes. And so the person abstains from all fats and carbs, eating only the bare minimum of essential daily protein. Over the long term, that's neither healthy nor particularly enjoyable. In the short term, however, it's a difficult but necessary task. Why are Nazirus and other forms of abstinence frowned upon in Judaism to the extent that a Nazir is called a sinner? What's wrong with living a life of simplicity? 
The answer lies in our purpose in this world. When we enjoy the pleasures of this world, we are given the opportunity to elevate them. According to Kabbalah, there are three categories of objects in this world. Some objects are pure, others are impure, but most are neutral. This third neutral category is called Klippas Noga, and we have the power to determine the outcome of those items. When we eat and drink in order to have energy to serve Hashem, the neutral vegetables become holy. When we take a piece of cowhide and inscribe a safer Torah upon it, that cowhide is sanctified. The Benish Chai goes so far as to suggest that there are soul fragments belonging to prior neshamas in the food that we eat, and by consuming them for the right reasons, we elevate those broken souls. I often wonder what effect that has on individual fruits and vegetables. You know the moment when you're standing in the grocery store and you look through the tomatoes to determine which ones look the freshest? Sometimes I feel a little torn when I pick up a tomato only to reject it because it wasn't perfect enough. I think about the pain felt by that tomato when for a moment it believed it would be sanctified and spiritually transformed as it is eaten for the sake of heaven, only then to be discarded. The Maharal writes that the issue with a Nazir is that he wants to be holy. But if he would simply appreciate that he is already holy, he would not feel the need to make a vow of abstinence. Rather, he would see all of his eating and drinking as acts of holiness and opportunities to spread the Kedusha to Hashem's other creations. The world is here for you to elevate. When you take a nice piece of fruit, make a bracha over it, and eat it for the honor of the Almighty and your desire to have the physical strength to serve Him, you elevate that physical fruit from its mundane beginnings and transform it into spiritual matter. If you abstain from a nice juicy piece of fruit, you are denying it its purpose in the world. And if you save that food for Shabbos, you sanctify it to an even greater level. The Maharal writes that unnecessary fasting is detrimental to a person's body as he removes essential nutrients. Thus, in a certain sense, he has killed part of himself. That's why he's called a sinner because he is engaged in killing. In fact, our sages teach that if a person fasted on Shabbos, he must fast another fast during the week to atone for having fasted on a day that must be pleasurable. The Almighty gave us this world to enjoy. It's a huge blessing, but always remember to please enjoy responsibly. May you enjoy everything this world has to offer whilst elevating it from the physical to the spiritual, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.